My name is Dr. Margot Roman, and I'm a veterinarian in Hopkinton, Massachusetts. And I've been practicing for a long time, almost over 42 years. And I'm always trying to find another way to help an immune system and help an animal heal. And I really enjoy watching my own animals, my dogs, and what they do and what they put in their mouths and what they eat. And, and as, a, as a holistic veterinarian for most of my career, one of the things that I wanted to protect my animals from was from a lot of the chemicals in the environment. So started to look at fresh foods and raw foods and, and reducing the amount of insult from vaccinations and antibiotics and finding other ways in which to care for them, uh, which included you know, acupuncture and herbs and chiropractic and homeopathy and understanding ways to, you know, to control infection without antibiotics and to control pain without pain meds and NSAIDs. So as I learned all these different kinds of modalities, it made my animals a lot more resilient because I started to realize more and more how valuable and how important the microbiome is. So what is the microbiome? The microbiome is, is all the bacteria, fungi, mycoplasms, yeasts, that live in our body. We have over 100 trillion microbes in our body. We have more than 10 times the amount that we do with cells. So we are, in reality, we are a microbe, microbes being suspended by a cellular structure. So when people think, well, you're, you know, you're full of crap, you are, you are full of microbiome. And we have pounds of microbiome within our body. And it is so vital and it is really important for us to keep that as healthy as possible because the research now is showing over the last eight to 10 years how valuable this microbiome is. In 2000, they didn't have, the, the, the word microbiome didn't, didn't even exist. And it became a word that now there are tens of thousand research articles talking about all the different types of microbiome, whether it's in your mouth or it's in your gut or it's in your stomach or it's in your intestines and it's your brain, it's in your bladder, it's in your, and it's not a bacterial only. So, you know, people think, well, if I don't have bacteria growing in my bladder, I don't have a bladder infection. You can have a bladder infection without bacteria growing. And so it's a false sense of security when somebody does a urinalysis on a dog and says, we have no bacterial growth, but the animal's still having bladder pain. It could be a viral infection. It could be a fungal infection. It could be something else that is not growing in the media that they are trying to culture out. So it's a, it's a very important piece to understand that this microbiome, it is better to try to rebalance it than it is to try to just try to kill it off because it is running our immune system. The, the statistics, not statistics, but the data is really showing that 80% of the immune system comes from the gut. We have, in the ileum, we have all these lymph nodes, the mesenteric lymph nodes and the, 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 the areas of the, of the intestinal tract that help produce the immune system strength. And all the other organs connected to it are all related. So the pancreas is related, the, 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 you know, the um, liver is part of the, the whole digestive system. These are all part of how they work intricately together. In our mouth, each area of our tongue 
has separate microbes that live in colonies. So it's almost like living in an international community where one side is, is from a particular country and this side is from a different, different ethnic country and this side is from this and this. And they're all living there copacetically in a, in a symbiotic relationship. This one helps this one, this one helps us. And we don't even know what they do yet because we haven't been interested in that. We've been interested in killing them all. Let's just kill everything. Let's, let's try to blast it away and get rid of it. And not now that we understand how valuable this balanced microbiome is to the immune system, it is critical that we utilize it in the most efficient way. So in 2012, I had challenged myself two years, three years prior to try to do what we call fecal transplantation. And I had a dog whose name was Stoven who came into my practice. He was a standard poodle, he was three years old. He had been on antibiotics since he was nine weeks and with chronic diarrhea, he had became Addisonian. He was going into to, to blood dyscrasias, had a bladder infection, had respiratory infection. He was such a mess. And the owner had spent close to $20,000 trying to get this dog to some level of health. And he was supposed to go through an exploratory surgery to biopsy all of his intestinal tract and his stomach and everything because he was hemorrhaging constant like bloody diarrhea and for, for almost about three weeks. And they needed to give him a blood transfusion. He was such a sick little guy. And he came in and he was emaciated and a mess. And you know we used our, our ozone, our acupuncture, we changed his diet. We did all this stuff before, before I stepped into the fecal transplant. And by in, in two days of, after doing acupuncture and all that stuff, he finally had a brown stool after almost a month of blood, bloody stools. By Monday, he had the first normal stool that he had had since he was nine weeks of age. This is without using the microbiome. This is with ozone, acupuncture, herbs, nutraceuticals. But he was so weak, you know, he was a weak dog. So I thought, you know, why won't I give him the microbiome of my healthy standard poodles? Because he'd been on so many antibiotics, he had lost probably the ability to regenerate any of these, any of these microbes. So we gave him a fecal transplant and it was literally, I mean, I was seeing improvement. And when I got the fecal transplant, it went straight up. This dog, it was so exponentially a change that it just blew me away. So I thought, well, it worked on that. Let's try it on something else. Let's try it on this. Let's try it on that. Dogs eat poop anyway. They've been self-medicating forever, right? They're always eating poop. So why don't I give them really good poop from my dogs who are fifth generation, organically raised, uh, minimum vaccines. They're all intact females. They, you know, are, are cared for with, uh, you know, food that I make myself personally every two weeks, fresh organic coming from uh, either Whole Foods or my CSA or some other organic source. Uh, trying to keep them it balanced as much as possible and feeding that microbiome to the, to the recipients and they're the donors for this. So we started doing it for certain things and we saw other things happen. So I was doing it for a dog, who, uh, two dogs that had, um, had severe aggression issue. The, the male would try to, it was a wire hair fox terrier and he would stand on top of the, his sister, it was his actual really sister and try to kill her. So the owner 
would have to walk each one separately because they would try to kill each other. And she had to live in the house with one locked in one room and one locked in the other room. They never, they never could play to play with each other. And, but he had chronic GI problems. He had, he was allergic to everything. And he had a syndrome, which we call Plechner syndrome, which we can do a whole one on Plechner. But so he had, he had this immune endocrine imbalance that he had. And I said, you know, let's do a fecal transplant for his diarrhea. So we gave him a fecal transplant. His diarrhea cleared up. He could eat foods that he never could eat before. And he was grooming his sister. He was licking her and cleaning her and taking care of her. And I was like, this is amazing. She, and so the owner was like, this is the dogs of my dream that they would love each other and play with each other. And it, so I, I said to her, you know, this is in 2012. I think there's precursors in the gut for oxytocin because oxytocin is the love hormone that mothers produce that nurture their babies. And my dogs clean each other and love each other and they're licking each other. They, they, they do get into scraps, but they, they're over it in two seconds and then they love, they're kissing and loving each other. But this dog never had that ability. So something was lost along the way. And it was really amazing that that change happened. So an interesting part on, on this dog is he was doing great. They were thrilled. He could eat anything he could eat. He was doing great. And then they gave him a heartworm pill, which is the interceptor. And he, they gave him the pill. And then 30 hours later, he was trying to kill his sister again. And doing the research on, 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 on milbomycin oxamine, it was developed as an antibiotic for the intestinal tract. That side effect killed parasites. And that was something that I learned 25 years ago. And suddenly it was like connecting dots. We have been giving these animals heartworm pills every month in many parts of the country year round, where once a month we're killing their microbiome. That is not a good thing when we know how valuable this microbiome is. So when I was giving this heartworm, uh, the heartworm, when I was giving the microbiome to these animals, for other reasons, that we were seeing behavioral changes. We were seeing their, their allergies go away. So I had a cat named Mojo who had severe atopic dermatitis. He lived in an e-collar for two and a half years, was miserable, was on cyclosporin, was on uh, different injections of, of anti-itch you know, medica anti medication. He got allergy tested. He had all this stuff done to him. And I told the owner, the owner was a, sci a, a doctor and she said, I really, I, I wanna try the fecal transplant. And I said, I agree, let's just try the fecal transplant. And he was a grumpy guy, Maine Coon Cat, who was also really grumpy. We gave him the fecal transplant and she calls me two days later and she said, he stopped itching after two and a half years of itching. And I gave him a fecal transplant from my cat, Trapper, who I had just neutered at one year of age. And this cat, Mojo, had been neutered at nine weeks of age at the shelter. So he never had any hormones in his body ever. So, and my cat was getting a little feisty. So I gave, I gave that cat the transplant. She calls me two weeks after the transplant. And she said, I, I you know, I, I, I don't, I can't, I, I can see all this hair growing back on his body. And I was like, wow, that's pretty, she's areas he hasn't had hair in like three years, he's getting hair. 
I thought, that's pretty cool, right? So she calls me five weeks later and she says, I want to do it again. I said, why do you want to do it again? She said, because I just want to see how good he gets. And she, I said, well, he's doing well. Why do you want Because I'm a scientist and I want to see how good he gets. So she, she, dropped, she drives back out to my hospital. I bring a piece of poop from my cat's litter box. She literally takes it home, pops it in the cat's mouth. And the cat is like, two days later, the cat is like even better than it was before. So she calls me five weeks after that and says, I want to do it again. And I said, why? She says, I want to see how good it gets. So she comes back out, give her, do it again. She calls me two days later and she says, there's a problem, something wrong with his anal glands. I said, well, come out and let me see. Now the anal glands are two scent glands on the rear end and cats will, dogs will scoot along something to try to do something like that to clear the anal glands. So I checked the cat out and they were fine. And I said, describe to me what the cat's doing. He was sexually mounting her arm. I said, forget Viagra. I have found the fountain of youth. Men are gonna be standing outside high school gyms waiting for the, you know, a 16, 17, 18 year old microbiome. And it works and we've repeated it and it works. We have taken dogs in heat and given dogs that have been spayed and never went into heat and they're humping everything. We've given old dogs who were sick and debilitated and haven't, you know, 14 year old dogs that hadn't done anything like humping for years, gave them a fecal transplant while my dogs were in heat, they start humping their pillows and, and get trying to hump things. That to me is youthful, vital energy, which is really valuable. So as we look at this microbiome, we realize how, how important it is. We are not only using it for those, for allergies and for GI problems, but I'm using it for behavior. We're using it for all of our cancer cases now. They get a fecal transplant because if you can get 80% of the immune system working for the animal from the get-go, why wouldn't you start with that before you start with anything else? But the success that we get for our fecal transplants or what we call microbiome restorative therapy is not just giving them poop. What we're doing is establishing a terrain that is really valuable for that animal's health and wellness. So we give them nutraceuticals that help support the gut. We give them, make sure that their water is not full of chlorine and fluoride and chemicals that will kill the microbiome. We want to make sure their food, it doesn't have glyphosate or Roundup in the water which, or in the food that will kill the microbiome because Roundup or glyphosate is got a patent for an antibiotic for the intestinal tract. So it is so important that we do a total restorative thing and not just give a fecal transplant. We are always using ozone to help reduce the biofilm of the, of the animal's uh, GI tract prior to giving the fecal transplant. So it's really important that we, we look at the whole picture of the animal and not just say, just give them the microbiome. We're trying to build a, 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 a location where this new microbiome can start. And I make the analogy to my clients that if I told you to move into a house with concrete beds and concrete chairs and no curtains and no, nothing but concrete, where would you lay down and sleep? You need something to find a space where you can be there and live in that space. 
And that's why we want to develop this terrain. So when we give that fecal transplant, the microbes go, oh, I can sleep here and I can start here and this colony can go here and this colony can go here and this And so we do it both from the rectal area and the oral and we try to blend those families together and give a great start to a new whole microbiome system in that animal. And maintaining that is really important to follow through with an integrative veterinarian that can navigate and keep your animal healthy without throwing another antibiotic, throwing another something at the animal. Because if we, if we throw antibiotics at everything, we can start to destroy that microbiome and we're starting back out at, at zero again, or not zero, but at a very low level. And why tr start there? Uh, the AVMA has started and it released just this week uh, a whole um, document on, on judicious use of antibiotics, why we should really be following uh, why it is so important to nurture what we have been given this microbiome that is so valuable to take care of our body, we have to take care of it as well. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone. <laughs>